Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We continue now with our study of the first book of Shmuel, Samuel 1, um, chapter 13. We are up to verse 15. We will complete the chapter today. We read in the first part of the chapter about the um, error that Saul had made um, in jumping the gun, not waiting for Shmuel to come, and we started to see the flaws in Saul's character, the um, arrogance, the reliance on superstition, the misunderstanding of the proper relationship that one is supposed to have with God, that and, and his unwillingness to recognize his error, and um, that, uh, that occurred during... Um, during his preparation for this monumental battle. And we, we, the stage has begun to be set for this tremendous, uh, this incredibly challenging battle. Uh, as we see the Philistines are arrayed in full force with thousands of, of chariots and horses and men and armor and so on, uh, while the uh, people of Israel were um, very small in number, um, and uh, not well armed. The people were scared. Most of the people scattered uh, throughout, literally hiding in the hills and in the caves, and some literally actually ran away from the uh, completely and went to the other side of the Jordan River. And only a few stayed with Saul and Jonathan, Shaul and Jonathan, um, uh, to fight the Philistines. So, um, <laughs> Despite the uh, bad start to this, uh, Saul was, is still the king and still the leader. So Shmuel is now uh, going to um, get get ready to um, uh, to fight the the the, the Philistines. So Vayakam Shmuel Vayal Min Hagilgal Givat Pinyamin. So Shmuel got up and he left. Um, for uh, Gilgal, he uh, he left Gilgal and he went to Givat Binyamin, which was the place. So he he went up from Gilgal, which is uh, uh, lower, and it's in the Jordan Valley. Uh, and he went up towards the high place in the ben, in the hill country of Binyamin of Benjamin to Givat, which is where Jonathan was, which is where the battle had um, started to brew because of Jonathan's attack on the Philistine. Uh, uh, garrison there. So, Vayif God and Saul uh, counted out uh, and lined up the soldiers that were with him, whoever was left. Remember, he had uh, about 600 men. So, he had started with a few thousand, which was already small in number. Many had run and left, as we saw before, and now he was left with only 600. So, we're talking about a very small. Uh, group of people in comparison to what the Philistines had laid out. And Shaul, Saul, and Yonatan, his son. This is the first time that Yonatan is being called Saul's son. We were introduced to Yonatan before when he jumped the gun and um, attacked the, the Philistine um, uh, station. However, um, Saul is, uh, we're now being told that Yonatan was Shaul's, Yonatan was Shaul's son. And 
Uh, so Saul and Jonathan and the people that were gathered with them, the ones that didn't run away in fright, Yoshvim Begeva Binyamin, they were they uh, stayed in in Giva in Benjamin, Uflishtim Chanub Michmas, and the Philistines were camped in Michmas. So now the Philistines uh, uh, um, are going to make the first move now. So so they sent out uh, raiding parties uh, to basically feel out the people of Israel, see where, you know, attack, find out what their defenses are, find out how many soldiers there are, find out how, you know, are, are they, you know, what, what, what are we up against? So the Philistines, the um you can the mashchit literally means the destroying party. So we're talking about uh, a, a, um, um, a, a smaller group of soldiers that are meant to attack, um, but it's an initial attack. It's not the full battle that they were preparing for. They went out in three parties from the camps of the Philistines. One, uh, you might want to look at a map, to um, a biblical map to show you exactly where all these places are. Um, for our purposes here, it's not so important to just understand that they sent out three raiding parties. One of them turned in on the road towards Afra, towards the area called um, Shual. Um, and the second party went in the path uh, towards a place called Beit Choron. And the other one went towards the the um, the boundary, presumably the boundary between um, <laughs> the um, uh, uh, Philistine and Israelite uh, land or, or territory, the, the, the boundary which, when you're standing at that boundary, it, it overlooks the valley of Tzivoim, which is near the, which is in the area of the, towards the desert. Okay, so that's, that's the end of verse 18. In verse 19, we're going to learn a, a little bit more. It's going to set up a little bit more just how dire the situation is for the, for the people of Israel. There was no um, uh, smith, right? No metal workers to be found in all of the land of Israel. So in the land of Israel, the land which was populated and settled by the people of Israel, in other words, not the Philistine territory, but in the Israel territory, there were no smiths. Why? Because the, Philist the Philistines, who were their overlords and oppressors, would, wouldn't allow there to be a smith working in, 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 for, in Israel. Because they were afraid that if there was a metal worker, maybe those Ivrim, those, maybe those Jews will uh, make a sword or a spear. So in order to prevent them from making implements of war, which they may use to rebel against the oppressors, um, they didn't allow there to be any smiths. If anyone would set up a smith shop, presumably the Philistines would have him arrested, executed, or so whatever it was. They would not allow it to happen. So, but they did still need metal implements to plow their fields. So, what did they have to do? And all of the people of Israel had to go to the Philistines in order to liltosh ish et macharashto viet eto viet kardumo viet macharishato. 
for each person to have their these instruments. These are farm implements. Uh, um, exactly what they are is not that important, but a macharesha is a is a plowshare. Um, Eto is a um, is uh, another farm implement. Um, uh, the the uh, um, is is is, uh, is uh, called a, a translated as a mattock, um, and cardumo uh, is an axe, and maharishato is is another um, farm implement. So the, these are, are are farm implements, and um, the the mattock is is like some kind of a some kind of a shovel or a spade. Um, and uh, whatever. So the bottom line is is that um, is that these uh, implements that were made out of metal for the people they had to go to the Philistines. So number one, the Philistines uh, didn't allow them to have a, their own smith because they were afraid the smith would be would be hired to make weapons. And the other th- reason why is because the Philistines wanted the people of Israel to 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 buy their implements from the Philistines. This is a classical way that um, colonizers or um, uh, uh, you know the 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 dominant uh, uh, government forces the people that they are oppressing to buy the products from them. Pim, um, and the um, literally pitsira is is um, is to uh, this is a very it's kind of a difficult uh, thing to translate, but um, the the uh, pitsira would is often translated as uh, as and, and the modern translators understand this to mean that that the the sharpening or the smithing that would needed to be done with the metal cost a pim Co- was in other words it was the uh, cost a pim the, this is uh, the classical commentary did not know this but we now know from archaeological excavations and this is very well established that a pim is actually a philistine weight or coin it's an amount of money so a feyud mem, and this was found in uh, the the actual weights and coins in the Philistine areas have been excavated, many of them, um, and they actually say the word uh, pim on it. So the bottom line is, is that what this verse is actually saying here, despite what you may see in some other translations, the proper translation is that the people of Israel, like we said in the verse before, had to bring their farm implements to the Philistines. And the amount that it cost the people to uh, was a pim. That's how much it cost them to get this work done. In order to make all of these um, implements, which we just mentioned before, ulahatziv hadarvan, and for um, and to set the darvan, which is a, uh, another metal work, uh, to sharpen the blades. Um, so vahaya biyom milcha. So the so the bottom line of all of this is that this is number one being told to us so that we understand the extent of the oppression of the Philistines over the people of Israel. And to understand the terrible state of the Israelite of Saul's army, and it was when the time for war came, which is now, and no one even had a sword or a spear. 
the at Yonatan, all of the people that were gathered, those 600 people, which was a tiny number to begin with, and they weren't even armed, those people that were with Saul and Jonathan. The only people that had implements of war was Saul and Jonathan themselves. Where they got them from is not mentioned in the verse. Uh, I, I kind of imagine that Jonathan may have stolen those implements when he attacked the garrison back um, in the beginning of chapter 13, but that's obviously just conjecture. We don't know that from the verse. The bottom line is, is that we have a completely unarmed, small army, and the people are scattered. Hi- most of the people are scattered, hiding. Some even completely ran away. And the Philistine Matzav, uh, uh, their entire uh, um, army, their entire uh, formation, uh, that's the word I was looking for, uh, has now moved to the Ma'avar Mechmas, the uh, Ma'avar is the pass of Mechmas, the place for which they were, uh, from which they were going to, to make their move from Mechmas and to attack the uh, Israelites who are now gathered in Giva in Benjamin. So the stage for the battle is set. Um, the uh, we get the the dire situation of Saul and Jonathan's very small army of people that actually are sticking with the fight, and that army is basically unarmed, other than presumably their farm implements. They have basically axes and and shovels to fight with against this massive Philistine army, which is well armed with weapons and chariots and cavalry and foot soldiers, etc. So that's the situation which we are um, ending this chapter with. Uh, things are not looking good, but we'll see what happens in chapter 14. Thank you so much for studying this together with me. Looking forward to studying uh, chapter 14 and the entire book of Samuel together.